Hey. It's the Bojack Horse Friends. I'm Ben, that's Ashton. Good evening. We're the Bojack Horse Friends. The Horse Friends of the Bow. Uh, we are two guys who really like BoJack Horseman, Netflix TV series, and so we decided to make a podcast about it, because that's what you do when you're in your 30s. Yeah, and I was thinking there are not enough moderately humorous white dudes doing a podcast. Yeah, I think it's really a, a, a real niche that we're tapping into here. <laughs> so yeah, this is, our, this is our podcast about BoJack Horseman and about us. Uh, we're gonna, we've got a little tiny, tiny little bit of follow-up from last week, and basically that is, uh, sorry if any volume leveling and edit issues i had some problems with my with my software last week where i would try to uh, it doesn't matter but yeah so hopefully as we go on we'll get better at this stuff because we're, you know we're learning we're all learning here absolutely and you know shout out to hopefully my voice sounding even more crystal clear this week because i've moved from a gaming headset microphone to a nice little uh yeti blue nano thingy yay Go blue. If blue microphones support was as good as their tech, they would be a really good company. (laughs) (laughs) But their support is shitty. Blue, buy me free things. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want free stuff. I just want them to fix the shit that's broken. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, Uh, So uh, shout out to blue for their broken gear. Um, Uh, So... Um, we're looking at episode three today, episode three of BoJack Horseman, Prickly Muffin. Prickly Muffin. I, do you know I have this habit that I've noticed that, uh, especially, and I think it's gotten worse since streaming happened, that whenever an episode is called something that you know is probably going to be said in the episode, I'm just holding out for it. You know, I, I'm just holding out for them to say prickly muffin. Um, and I didn't have that when I was watching illegal stuff off the hard drive because you don't know what the episode's called. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But now I'm like, prickly muffin, that's why it's called that. <laughs> Um, not that you watch illegal stuff on a hard drive. No, that no, would be, no, no. That would make you a pirate. I, I have not done that in hours. Yeah. <laughs> um. And well, we didn't even have to wait very long in this episode for the name to come into it because we open with another clip from Horsin' Around uh, and a reference that I had to Google right away, Oliver North. Oliver North, who was, yeah, who is that? So he was a lieutenant colonel who got arrested for playing a part in selling weapons to Iran during the Reagan administration in the mid-90s. Wow. That's a real deep cut, that one. Do you think with some of these references, like, they intend you to look it up? Because that's not the kind of name that most people would have knowledge of at the tip of their brain tongue. The people who would know what that is are people who are following the news in the mid-90s, basically. Right. So that name at that time would have been, like, on everybody's lips. Ah, um, uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, we were kids, so we and not Americans, so we missed that one. Yeah, and I was quite quite thick too. So add that all together, and of course, <laughs> I had no idea what the joke was. And so, yeah, well, there you go. That's that's that one. Uh, and Sabrina's hiding under the table because she's really sad, and we find out that BoJack has given her the truly bizarre nickname. Prickly Muffin. Prickly Muffin. Like, the name of the hey, that's the name of the episode. Yeah, so we get our first glimpse into Sabrina, played by Sarah Lynn, played by Kirsten Schaal. Oh, Kirsten Schaal, eh? So good. Her catchphrase on the show: "That's too much, man," which uh, is, becomes a huge running joke. Bojack comes down and tries to give her a bit of a pep talk uh, during the ad break, 
<laughs> oh, pep talk is you're very generous with the word pep talk there. Then. <laughs> I said try. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think Bojack would consider it a pep talk. The line that I got from it was, "Give the people what they want, even if it kills you. Don't stop dancing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to add to that, without them, you're nothing. Your family will never understand you. Your lovers will leave you. Only your fans will stick by you. <laughs> Yeah, which is the extremely toxic, obviously, and it's just the worst advice you can give to a young creator as well, to be a sycophant peddling to your fans. And I mean, I guess that's exactly what a a lot of the Instagram, TikTok influencer craze people are all about. You know, giving people what they want. Like, oh, absolutely. Did you ever watch that Netflix documentary that had Paris Hilton in it? No. About influencers. No. It was super fascinating and just some of the shit that people do for a little bit of fame and money. I mean, that's the whole, like, the whole jackass thing, copycat thing. People are willing to pretty much do anything, whether it be physical harm or anything, you know, to get a couple of likes thanks to the internet. And I think, it, you know, I knock TikTok. I think it's garbage. But compared to what people were doing to get attention 10 years ago, which was, like, hurting themselves a lot more, uh, TikTok's fine. If you ever want to really go down like a, a, a truly depressing rabbit hole, you can look for Shoe Nice on Why YouTube. do I know that? Why do I know Shoe Oh, is that <laughs> that guy that like drinks like bottles of liquor? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... You definitely introduced me to Shoe Nice. I, oh, did I? I had a physical oh, reaction when you said his name. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I mean, you're right. I guess, like, in some ways, it's we've, we've in some ways, we're in a better space than we were. Uh, but I think that is the worst kind of advice you can give to somebody who actually wants to be a, an artist, to be a creator. And I think that if you want to do something that's truly fulfilling for yourself, not just not just fame grabbing, but actually gives you some pleasure, the thing that you should do is create what you want to create. Well, exactly. I mean, that takes me back to that reviewer's quote that I bring out at comedy shows, uh, the the headline of which was, Passion is not enough, uh, which I think is probably the most awful thing you can tell any human being who wants to create something, because passion is fundamentally the most important thing. And maybe it's not enough in terms of, okay, you also need experience, and you need practice, and you need... Uh, you know, good feedback, good critical feedback. But if you see somebody who's doing something that's truly passionate, to say something like, passion's not enough, <laughs> SpongeBob mean, passion's not enough, like, that's so cruel. I think so, you, should, you shouldn't ignore feedback. Like, good critical feedback and taking that on board is really important. But I don't think you should ever compromise your values or else you'll be dead. Like, it'll kill you. You'll, it'll drain the life from you. Yeah. And I know you and I have both said no to things before because we didn't feel comfortable doing them. I, On a very small scale, I said no to a, an audition for KFC because I don't believe in the way that they treat the chickens. I've also said no to, like, a really good offer to write copy for a gambling app. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to write... Uh, I'm not going to promote your New Zealand-based gambling app because it's harmful. Do you think that, um, without going in too deep into a very complex issue, this uh, is all very relevant commentary on stuff like the things that people would allow to uh, happen to them in order to become successful or because of promises of fame? I'm just thinking of, like... 
uh, Harvey Weinstein and that whole awful oh, whole generation yeah, of like, if you want this, you will do this kind of adage. Yeah, definitely. Like this kind of, this is what's expected of you to be famous. Yeah. Because it seems logical, right? Like it seems like, oh, if I get people's attention, that means I'm going to be famous. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But that's not what i mean and and in some cases that's true but the reality is and even excuse me for saying this but even the kardashians have proved this where they got a lot of attention but the way that they maintained their fame was through creating was through and i'm not saying what they created was good you know there are a lot of toxic issues with the kardashians themselves but they were entrepreneurs they used their considerable resources to help them gain more so just being the guy who streaks down the red carpet at the Oscars, it's not going to get you fame. Just being, just being the the person who who is victimized by somebody else is not going to get you fame. Yeah, I think reality TV has a lot to to answer for in terms of that because American Idol was literally a show that encouraged people desperate for. 10 seconds of fame, you know, talent aside, uh, so we could laugh at them for entertainment. Yeah, it's really sick. It's really sick. And, you know, even shows like American Idol uh, have rebranded and have changed that whole approach. They don't just put people on so we can laugh at them anymore, and nor should they have. Um, I mean, I want to talk about uh, something recent that happened that I woke up to yesterday to discover that one of the... um, stars of a Japanese show called Terrace House. Have mm-hmm. you heard of Terrace House? I've heard of it, but I don't know about it. In the recent, it's, just, it's a great little slice of life show, but uh, in the recent series, there was this uh, woman called Hana Kimura, and she was a professional wrestler, and she was cyberbullied, basically, like, harassed by all these people online because they didn't like the way that she acted. Some people say that her... Uh, half Indonesian heritage had something to do with it because she wasn't pure Japanese. Mm. I don't know the the details of that, but the way that she was treated, it seems like, was just awful. And I think also being, you know, a female wrestler had some stigma to it as well. She was a very sweet and gentle person, and I woke up yesterday to find out that she had killed herself. Oh, man. 22 years old. Oh, 22 man. years old. That, it was just disgusting. That's too much, man. It really is. Probably yeah, an inappropriate time to make a callback joke. I, <laughs> I know, but that's how we deal with things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But like But that happens that's happening all too often because this idea of celebrity and fame and stuff, everyone can feed back on it now directly to the person. Yeah. Yeah, it I don't know. I I've never really been one to get too caught up with celebrities, but that one really hit me because she was just a gentle, nice person. Yeah, that's who just, you know, just happened to be on a TV show. And it was really, really sad. So, um, you know, this is me saying rest in peace, Hana Kimura. I, I thought you were a really cool person and it's really sad. Uh, so, yeah, let's somehow segue from that to... Well, we were uh, talking the, about American Idol and the next thing I've got written down is that we met by a Ryan Seacrest type. So that, that seems like true. a fairly good segue back to the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi, I'm a Ryan Seacrest type, which is such a great comment. I think, like, Ryan Seacrest really did set the standard for what these presenters should be like. <laughs> and, and then New Zealand even tried with their own weak version with Dominic Bowden, who was pretty much like a New Zealand version of Seacrest. Yeah, he was a, I, I, well, who knows what happened to that guy. Anyway, so we then go on to the music video by Sabrina called 
Prickly Muffin, where she sings about how sexy she is and how she wants you to get her Prickly Muffin. And I wrote, the pop music here is so fucking accurate to music of the last 15 years. The auto-tune, the sexuality, and then the interviewer says, so what is the message behind this song? <laughs> I just want everyone to know, I want everyone to know that I'm sexy. Um, and I think, like, Sarah Lynn might be one of the deepest characters that oh, I've seen man. Kristen Schaal portray, and she's so good at it. Like, yeah. you know, you get her in Bob's Burgers as um, Louise, and she's great, and, you know, she's in Flight of the Concords, and she's great, but her work as Sarah Lynn is so profound. Like, I think she really really crushes it and you know following on from what you were just saying about how you know she wants to get across to everyone that she's sexy that's the point of her song prickly muffin i really love the follow-up question that she gets are you afraid your audiences are going to grow bored and leave you for the next sexy thing which is again the most relevant question and so deep cutting (laughs) and accurate Mm. and so we should know that this is uh, about 10 years after horsing around so, so uh, she's like twenty or something. Yeah. So she's basically she's basically Miley Cyrus, her, Cyrus herself from Nickelodeon, aka horsing yeah. around through to trying to break away from that by being dark and sexy. And I think she Lindsay Lohan more than yeah. That's Miley probably Cyrus. a reference actually. Uh, so and then we go another forward another ten years and we meet uh, Sextina Aquafina, who is a dolphin voiced by uh, yeah the dolphin. Who is voiced by Aisha? Aisha. Who is voiced by Aisha Tyler? Uh, who is also Lana from Archer? Ah, uh, no way. Yeah, she's also another amazing voice. Wow, actress. her voice is so different in this than it is in Archer. <laughs> Once you know, you can kind of hear it. Yup. Um, and yeah, so she. They ask her. They ask Sixteen Aquafina what she thinks, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, she really was." Oh, by the way, they refer to her as a sexy fourteen-year-old, which is in itself like super creepy, and makes me think about when I was a teacher and going on like field trips to the theater, and these fucking creepy guys like just staring at my students who are like 15 14 15 and i was just like what are you doing they're in their school uniform they're on a trip the teachers are right here what what is what is wrong with your brain that makes you think it's okay to look at a girl in that way of that age it's just oh makes it feel sick just coming back slightly after sarah lynn has asked um you know are you, are you uh, worried you're going to lose your audiences when the next sexy things come comes along? And she says, I'm going to be sexy forever. And then the anchor says, uh, uh, we've got something something along the lines of, we, we, we were going to interview Sarah Lynn, but does anyone care about her anymore? After all, she is 30. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that, magic, that magic age of 30 where yeah. women suddenly no longer become desirable. Yeah, so we jump down to a sexy 14-year-old instead, oh. which apparently is a much better move by Hollywood. Fucking disgusting. Yeah, it really um, is. Can we pause for a second? I want to get a beer. Yep. The way that we treat, perceive, engage with, portray females, sexuality, and youth in combination in the, the world we are in today is is really poor. And I think this is probably, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I think that uh, anime in particular is quite guilty of this, really amping up the sexuality on 
young people, especially young women. Well, we're getting pretty dark today. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I know. We're tired, we're, but, we're quite, uh... We've done 20 minutes of quite somber ranting and nothing to do with Bojack. <laughs> Let's move on. So um, we skip to Todd and Bojack. Todd comes into his bedroom and says, hey, Bojack, let's do something fun today. And he breaks Bojack's bed. Uh, and he says, like, furniture shopping. So they go to the furniture shop where everything is garbage and overpriced. Uh, so is... they're at a furniture shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, they see Garf- Andrew Garfield. Oh, Andrew Garfield. And that that is... That is Andrew Garfield voicing the the comical version of himself, no, is it not? No, this is going to blow your mind. That is Paul F. Tompkins. No way. I, yeah. Because I knew it was a silly version of Andrew Garfield, but I always figured that he'd been doing it himself. No, so I, from, I read something the other day, and it basically said that when, when the staff of BoJack Horseman asked celebrities to voice themselves, if they said no, they got a kind of a worse treatment <laughs> in, the, in the portrayal, which you can really see with Andrew Garfield. Oh, and there's some amazing like celebrities voicing themselves later in the show, like taking the absolute piss out of how they're portrayed and who they are um, oh, later. Zach Braff. Oh, man. When Zach Braff comes in. And, and Jessica, when, um, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. And, of course, the, the, the big one, uh, character actress Margo. Character actress Margo Martindale. Who you um, don't know, but you do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I was mind blown uh, when I found out Paul F. Tompkins was doing this voice because he does Mr. Peanut Butter and they could not get further from each other. So really impressive voice work again. And Bojack in this furniture store um, gets seen by, well, he believes he gets seen by some fans and he says, uh, that's right, it's me straight off the TV and into your shitty lives. (laughs) And then he finds out that they're actually talking about Sarah Lynn and Andrew Garfield who are standing behind him. So even though he acts like he's annoyed that they notice him, as soon as he realizes that they're not even noticing him, you know, it's he goes from being like bothered that they notice him to way more bothered that they didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is classic Bojack. Yeah, of course. yeah. So then we Andrew Garfield decides to break up with uh, Sarah Lynn because she isn't famous enough anymore. She starts chugging pills and oh, he says, yeah. uh, I bought you some, I wanted to do this somewhere public so that you wouldn't make a scene. And she goes, You think I won't make a scene? You don't even know me, and stabs herself with a rusty bayonet. And he says, "Oh, bother!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, when she's knocking back the thing of uh, pills, Bojack goes, Are "Those candy pills, because if so, that is a lot of sugar." They're <laughs> <laughs> great. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies were great, and he was a great Spider-Man. And people can fuck off. Yeah, he was. He was. He was good as Spider-Man. He was I really great. Liked Spider-Man. And I don't get the hate for the movies either. Raimi's, no. Raimi's haven't aged well. Go back and watch how well you remember Raimi's films, and they're. <laughs> <laughs> They're blumbering, foolish films as well. The second one is the most elevated, but he got an unnecessary amount of hate in that film. Yeah, I think people wanted something and they didn't get what they wanted, and so they cried. Yeah, and that's you know that's yeah. that's fandoms for you. And it's always like the forty-year-old dudes who think that comic book movies and Star Wars movies are aimed at them. I feel like we're alienating a lot of our audience this episode. I'm okay. We we are tired today, aren't we? <laughs> we are. Uh, so what's a little Andrew Garfield gets all upset about Sarah Lynn and Sarah Lynn's like, I'm going to kill myself because you're not going to be with me. And I just had like the most traumatic flashbacks to my 
ex-girlfriend who did the same thing and i think it was you who gave me the advice call the ambulance mm-hmm was, was that you? Yep. I have used that more than once to people who have called me saying their partner is threatening to kill themselves. And I was able to, from a, a outside point of view, establish that it was not uh, necessarily anything more than a manipulative thing. And as soon as it is brought up, hey, I'm going to call the crisis team or I'm going to call the ambulance. It's amazing how quickly non-genuine people change their approach to what they're saying. It was genuinely one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever had. And I don't say that lightly. Uh, it saved me so much difficulty yeah. and stress and uh, I, it's exactly what I did. She said, I'm going to kill myself. I said, well, I'm going to call the ambulance. She's like, no, no, don't call the ambulance. And I said, well, I'm going to call your, your mum. Yeah. And no matter, no matter if they're serious or not, that is still the right thing to say and do. Now we're talking about suicide. This is us trying to get more like, <laughs> let's, let's the pick it up. up. Um, and I don't know. Oh, no, seriously, like I just, I, I just made me think of that moment so much, and I just had to make sure that I put that in there because that's that was it was beautiful advice. I do you know I would love to be able to say that was my advice. I think my mum might have even told me to do that. Wow. Yeah, and I, you oh. know me, I won't give anyone else credit if I can take it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, in any case, you were wise to pass it on. So Bojack takes Sarah Lynn to rehab, as we find out when he tells Diane, uh, who he's working on his memoir with. And um, when they're on their way to uh, rehab or hospital with, um, with Sarah Lynn bleeding out, Todd goes, um, she's losing a lot of blood, Bojack. And he goes, beautiful day for a drive, though. Which uh, <laughs> is such a great piece of humor, showing how much Bojack is completely in his own world 99% of the time. Oh, totally. He just refuses to acknowledge any negativity around Sarah Lynn. Sarah Lynn ditches rehab and heads over back to Bojack's house and reveals that she fixed her wound with duct tape and she says basically i can't go to rehab there's no point and i looked it up this episode was aired three years after amy winehouse's death uh okay so that's what that was very cleverly and tragically referencing yeah this is a tough this is a tough episode man yeah, it it's is. so funny though it is it's, it's, <laughs> just to let everyone know this episode is really funny um and that's something that i've written here is about how uh, you know sarah lynn's drug problem throughout the show is really offensive and horrifying and it's never presented as something that's funny but they are able to create jokes around that and still respect the idea of addiction and you know mm. drug abuse and stuff and this is something i wanted to ask without trivializing oh it. absolutely or without um doing uh, any attempts to sort of talk down to the audience or preach about anything um and this is something i wanted mm. to ask you ben it's just presenting the facts as they oh, are absolutely layering and on this ridiculousness one thing that bojack does really well and i've always admired is the fact that they can deal with these subjects that people often immediately be like ah oh, you can't joke about that but they do it in a way where they don't lose their audience by trivializing uh the the issues through comedy if that makes sense so they're not you know, yeah. we're not laughing at, haha, drug addiction's funny, haha, suicidal ideas are funny. We're laughing while they talk about these issues in a really um, thought-provoking way. And I think mm. that that's a, not many writing, uh, not many writers can do that at all. No. Um, well, you... I, I think the, the I think it's actually a real danger to say something like, this topic is off limits. Oh, 100%. We cannot talk about uh, suicide. Because for many people, 
and at times myself included, being able to laugh and talk about it and take the power away from it and um, being able to reclaim your own feelings and feel like you're not alone is super, super powerful and, and a really great way to come to terms with the difficulties that you're facing. Absolutely. And I think that it's the same for whatever the issue that you're talking about is, whether it's sexuality, gender, um, whether it's addiction, uh, anything. As long as you are coming from a place of, I'm not going out there to make fun of the people, to make fun of the people who are suffering as mm. a result of this. I'm going out there to make jokes that people can identify with, to make observations that take the power away from those people who have it or from the ideas that have it and give it back to the people. And that's something that Bojack in particular does incredibly well, because if you were just listening to this pod this particular podcast episode, you would think that we were talking about a show that is first and foremost a drama based on just mm. what we've talked about today. And as every episode of Bojack, it is forced first and foremost a comedy, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but if you were listening just to the themes that we're discussing and what it's encouraged us to to react to and to want to talk about, they're all quite dark themes. Um, but for people like you and I, this way of exploring those themes is more helpful and is more interesting and is more uh, identifiable than watching a realistic drama show about them. Oh, I, don't, I don't want to see somebody living through that thing and recovering from that thing because everybody's journey is different. And although there are some similarities, when you, tr when you make it hyper-realistic and make it really about the, the, the issues that one person is facing, to me, it takes away, it takes it away from me. It doesn't make it about it doesn't make it about the the concept of the thing that we're both dealing with. Mm. It makes it about what is that person doing? What is that person's journey? Which can be enjoyable and which can be interesting and can be helpful to some people. But to me, I want to see somebody put it up on a stage and expose its weaknesses and flaws and make it look ridiculous, you know? And to make it, you know, to go real nerdy, it's like the it's the Harry Potter thing of the bog art, right? This, there's a creature in Harry Potter, it turns into whatever you're most frightened of, and the way to defeat it is to picture it in the most ridiculous way possible and cast a spell that makes it look like that. Which is and actually a great piece of writing by J.K. Rowling. I totally agree. I mean, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Oh, same. So, um, I, I, you know, I think that that's, uh, it's, it's so accurate, and that's what Bojack does. It takes these really horrible, difficult-to-deal-with things, it puts them in a clown wig and says, you know what, when you actually look at them, these are not insurmountable challenges. Mm. These are things that you can deal with. And we're not going to tell you how, because that's up to you to decide. But we're just going to tell you that you can. Mm, that's a really good comparison, actually. The the Bogut? 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 Bogut. Yeah, yeah. Um, of uh, Harry Potter being like how Bojack operates as a show in its entirety. Um, what... What comes out of the uh, the the cupboard for you, Ben? What is your boggart? Oh, um, 
Oh, that's a good question. Think. I guess like the thing that like I'm tempted to just say like cockroaches. <laughs> just like <laughs> just a swarm of really real, fast moving cockroaches. Real literal answer there. No no <laughs> no no I like how I've asked you finally asked your question on this podcast, which has been really dark and deep, that leads directly to a dark and deep answer and you said cockroaches. Yeah, I'm being <laughs> honest, okay, they terrify me. <laughs> I, I, I I don't like them. <laughs> so what, uh, a bit what, of phobia. what would I happen to the cockroach it, like, for you to be able to deal with it? Uh I don't know. Maybe they become <laughs> like a whole lot of maybe they start like pulsing in different lights and just like start raving it up that would be pretty funny <laughs> okay good so we uh, know that we've uh, good i know one of my bullet points was make sure you talk about disco cockroaches so we've <laughs> we've, we've covered that now thanks everyone for tuning into tonight's podcast where we've covered suicide and disco cockroaches oh yeah this is well to both your course friends um <laughs> So let's let's move on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we intro the next scene with the horsing around music. Oh, I mean, we've kind of skipped over some. Sorry. So yeah, Sarah, Sarah Lynn ditches rehab, goes to Bojack. Bojack tries to get her to go to rehab again, and she's like, "No, I'm at this place in my life where no one's ever said no to me, and if they do, I'll just go to somebody else who will say yes." And kind of appealing to Bojack's own flaws. She's 30 years old at this point, remember? And he says, you just need a strong, responsible adult to say yes. And so she throws this big party. Well, she moves um, in with him. She moves in with him. Yeah. That's right. And it's, we intro the next scene with the horsing around music, a nice little subtle um, pointer to the fact that Bojack feels like he's getting his old family back together. Yeah. And it's that whole thing of um, his desire, and I find this particularly relatable, of memories of things being so warm and lovely that you want to relive them and that desperate feeling of never being able to feel that exact way in that exact moment again and I, I totally I totally suffer from that and I bet like for me it's a lot of my high school years because I didn't develop anxiety and stuff until I was much older so those memories are of this flawless like I never felt bad things which of course is a complete load of shit but the idea of it to me I'm like if I could go back and relive that and I'd fucking hate it if I could if I'm honest but yeah you know and so I totally relate to that Bojack invites Sarah Lynn to live with him because it's like getting he even says it's like getting the old gang back together yeah. and it's because he's so desperate to hold on to any semblage of how happy he thought he was or how happy he looks in the memories of his past I have none of that whatsoever I'm quite happy to light a match throw it on my past and move forward um, <laughs> which is kind of no that's kind of beautiful too because that means that your life from your eyes and how you're feeling currently has only gotten better which surely yeah. that's something and i feel that way too let me just say that i just have these weird flashback moments where i'm like ah, oh, before my anxiety i could do this or i was so much more this right it could also just be like a brain wiring thing like you know, some people are just more prone to, to thinking, to, to wishing for a, 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 a perfect past that they, you know, had. Whereas I'm, I'm just like, I don't know, man, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see know, what's next. I, I hate to, uh, what is this, a crossover episode. Um, but in one of the lines that always stuck with me the most in the American office was towards the end when Andy uh, says, I wish there was a way to tell you were in the good times while you were still in them. 
Yeah. And I know that's not really relevant, but I think that's sometimes how I feel when I look back at my past. I'm like, I wish I'd appreciated how great that was more then. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think See, is... The thing is, I guess I don't, I don't get that either. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> then, then maybe it is we, you know, that is brain wiring. I, yeah. I, I feel a connection to an idea that you can't even, you're like, that sounds like nonsense. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I definitely have those moments where I'm just like, you know what, right now, this is, this is awesome. I'm happy now. This is a good time. Yeah. But I never, I never think like, oh, I remember that, that feeling that I had then. And I never think like, oh, how do I know that this is a good, t- I don't know. I just, I'm just like, now is now. Let's do now. Yeah, Let's yeah. do now. And then, and then set up now so that it can be the best later that it can be. And do you know, maybe that's something directly and inherently linked to my anxiety. And it's something that meditating has been teaching me lately is to not try and want things to be different than they are in the present moment. Mm. And that's something I'm a hundred, man, what is this episode? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> Fucking, time. fucking hell <laughs> this is a great time for the joke where uh, sarah lynn comes in and she's eating a bunch of um ch- chocolate chip pancakes that bojack's made for her and todd comes in and todd comes in and bojack's like hey you want some chocolate chip pancakes and he's like yeah i do oh sorry i just gave the last one to sarah lynn and sarah lynn says early turd gets the sperm <laughs> Bojack obviously Bojack thinks that's cracks up. comedy gold only because yeah. Sarah if Todd had said that he wouldn't have found it funny no no exactly and uh, he says you should write for shouts and murmurs which is the second time the first time of two we hear him say that and I, I really did look up shouts and murmurs it seems to be some kind of like satirical New York Times column like roasts for pretentious fucks oh yeah uh, yeah I struggled even with Google on that one. But also they'll pick something and they'll be like, today we're going to talk about how much we hate, you know, people who drink red wine while holding the stem like it's white wine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, bo- um, that bothers me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bojack says uh, Sarah Lynn can stay in the guest room and Todd's like, wait, you have a guest room? Since when? I've been sleeping on the couch for five years. And, you know, I had to write down, I always forget that Todd prior to the first episode of the show has been with Bojack for so long because he always always feels like quite a new presence in Bojack's life especially early on and so when he said that because this is like my third or fourth time through the show at least and I was like oh shit Todd's been there for like five years before the show but I guess because of the way Bojack treats him like he hasn't uh he hasn't earned any of Bojack's respect I always feel like Todd must be quite new and Bojack's just helping him out temporarily yeah, it is quite interesting because it does feel like he's new, but I guess that's just because they need a bit of exposition to explain why Todd's there. So kind of throw that in there. Sarah Lynn mentions that Andrew Garfield <laughs> loves lasagna and Todd's like, Andrew Garfield loves lasagna? And she goes, yeah, and he hates it when his agent books auditions for Mondays. He loves lasagna and hates Mondays? And then Bojack goes, she said drop it, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think... See, episode three, now we're getting Todd's real voice. Like, I think it's really starting to, yeah. to sit there perfectly. Um, Bojack is really struggling to differentiate Sarah Lynn and Sabrina, as we see in a bit of a flashback. Uh, Princess Caroline comes in, and she's like, you can't have Sarah Lynn with you, living with you, it's a PR nightmare! And then finds out she doesn't have an agent, and is like, what? And immediately goes into trying to get her to be uh, a client mode. Um, 
Sarah Lynn throws a huge party. Todd's weirdly being the responsible yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's running around like by the end of the scene, he's holding a whole lot of priceless, presumably heirlooms and vases and whatnot, out of fear of them getting broken. Which is a yeah. weird sort of change in power dynamic and responsibility there. But it's because Bojack and Sarah Lynn are being so irresponsible that even Todd's aware of the the madness. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a, a funny little sight gag with the, they're trying to funnel some vodka and there's a little ball at the end of the funnel, like in a hamster rat. I did not notice water. that. I wrote a couple yeah. of um, things that I actually wanted to ask if there's a joke I didn't get or if they were just uh, extra detail yeah. for the sake of it. Why is there a lemur twirling a teapot? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. Is that a thing? Uh, I, uh, I was hoping you'd know. <laughs> No, don't be such a teapot lemur. You, you don't know what that means? Oh, you're such a teapot lemur. Oh, that lemur. classic, you know, and Hansel and Gretel. No, that joke's not going to work. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that was going. Um, okay, so maybe, hey, if you know anything about why a lemur would be spinning a teapot, why don't you flick us a, a, tweet, yeah. a tweet on the old tweet machine? Or hit up our Reddit, which we didn't mention at the at the start of the show, r slash Bojack Horsefriends. Um, so, yeah, and then we see Princess Caroline trying to win over, um, Sarah Lynn, when I wrote my favourite lines, which is, uh, what it is, banana bread, <laughs> and <laughs> slow your roll, speed racer, and then I'm just here for a no-pretch rap sesh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, which was great. Uh, where's the cutaway? Um, and you might be able to give a bit more context on this because I didn't make a clear enough note, is when it cuts back to Sarah Lynn talking to her mum, and uh, Sarah Lynn's talking about what she wants to do when she's older, so it's obviously a flashback. And mm. Sarah Lynn's mum goes, colleges for ugly people who can't tap dance. Yeah, that's uh, so um, that's before this bit, uh, before PC comes in and in the flashback. Okay, cool. Flag that because it was going to take me down um, an Amy Winehouse link, but we already could, sort of touched on that anyway. So Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was... I want to keep away from that zone yeah, yeah, yeah. for the rest of the episode if we can. <laughs> so then uh, they go back to, well, Diane and Bojack are trying to work and Bojack says, what do you think about Sarah Lynn to Diane? And, and Diane says, oh, I don't really think about her much. I mean, obviously I'm a fan of her early work, which both satirizes and celebrates youth culture's obsession with sex. Uh, but I don't know if it's even possible to reclaim sexuality in the time when uh, the male gaze is so blah, 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 which I think is just this is incredible, like, insightful thing that Diane does sometimes. It's obviously the writer uh, really getting out some of these thoughts that he's been having for a really long time. Um, do, you know, and... do you find that as the show goes on as well, Diane loses a little bit of that side to her as we start to see into, you know, all the things that she struggles with? She, quite early on, she's quite... Um, not holier than now, but she's almost got more perspective than a lot of the other characters. But as she becomes almost part of the regular world of Bojack, I find she loses a little bit of that greater clarity of perspective. Totally. I think she, it's, it's her being sucked into that world. You yeah, know? Yeah. Like, um, she comes from outside of it. She comes from Boston. She's kind of recently moved to LA when she gets there. She hasn't been there for too long and you see LA slowly suck the life out of yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, and she loses that academic side of her and just gets mm. caught up in the drama like everyone else that's gone there exactly. to die on the inside. But I, th I think the, the comments that she was making though were really interesting. Absolutely. Uh, like, the, the only way that we can... I, I really have an issue with the kind of the, the reclaiming sexuality. I don't think it's a wrong thing to do, but that it's, it's really tough because the power dynamics of gender are so mismatched. 
And so, like, is the answer sexualizing more men? Because we're never going to desexualize people as、mm. a whole, right? There's always going to be sexualization of some, some way, in some way. So, you know, is the answer that scene in, in Avengers where、uh, Captain America bicep curls a helicopter?、Um, <laughs> is it even possible to, to, to find a, a balance of power in this day and age? Like, how do we do it? Things being sexualized shouldn't be inherently bad. But the way that we、mm. react to them in that society, and particularly men react to, to women when they're being sexualized, is where a lot of the problem arises, not from the sexu-、right. sexualization itself. You're right. It's a difference between sexualization and exploitation. And I think those are two different things. Absolutely. And、um, there's an Usher song、um, <laughs> called I Don't Mind. You are not about it, to quote an Usher song. I am, I am. But it has this line in it, which is if you, if you dance on a pole, that don't make you a hoe. <laughs> Right? So, I don't like, know how I feel about this line of conversation now that you've brought Usher into it. No, but like if you, but I mean, the reason I'm bringing Usher into it is because he was he is wildly, wildly popular, right? Like these、mm. are the lyrics that are that are pervading our popular culture. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you dance on a pole, it don't make you a hoe. Okay, so wait, if you're dancing on a pole, it doesn't make you a hoe. But is being a hoe a bad thing? And if that is, what is a hoe? Is a hoe somebody who sells sex for money? So does that mean if you sell sex for money that that's a a bad thing? Wait, is that all part of the Usher song? No,、oh, this is the, that, I'm just like, going okay, off that one、uh, line. I was like, wow, okay, Usher is quite、uh, yeah. insightful songwriter. <laughs> I was like, where's the rhyming pattern gone from the song Usher? <laughs> <laughs> no, so the line is, if you dance on a pole, that don't make you a hoe.、Mm. That's the whole line I'm talking about. So is being a hoe a bad thing? What is a hoe? You know, like that concept. It seems so simple. He's saying, "Oh, I don't care if you're a stripper. I still love you. You, you know, I don't think of a bad thing about you." But his the way that he says it is that it doesn't make you a hoe, and it's like that immediately. It does imply some negativity towards、mm. females who sexualize themselves. So it's just so complicated. It makes me hurt. I never knew you spent so much time thinking about Usher lyrics. I I I always had you down as more of an ah、uh, no. Nope. Didn't nope. mean that. I meant、nope. Nelly. I meant Nelly. Nope. <laughs> I meant the winner is Nelly.、Um. So anyway, Diane goes on about that and、oh, <laughs> says, "Like I said, I like I said, I don't think about it much, which I、uh, really feel because that's exactly what I do. Like as I've just exam- exemplified through my、uh, my Usher." Discussion, <laughs> or if someone was like, "What do you think about Usher?" I'd be like, "Well, I don't think about it much." But there is this one lyric. <laughs>、uh, I see what.、Uh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I see what you did there. You looped it back、yeah. to something from the show. Is、hey. that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Oh, it's then after this actually is when we say that find out that college is for ugly people who can't tap dance,、uh, tap、right. dance, and, I, and that her mum didn't do that thing that she did to the star search producer so she could be an architect. That's right. And again, that's it. It's it's delivered so like it's so commonplace in the industry that moment. Like the mum's not、mm. saying it's like the mum's not traumatized by it or anything. If anything, she's it's par for the course. Well, the thing is, is she? I mean, that's the that's the thing. True. Like, true. You know, who? It's not for us to say if she's traumatized yeah, by it or not. But what we can say is that she is being exploited by an industry that rewards that behavior. Absolutely, and and,、um, and what I'm, and I mean the behavior of the man, not the behavior、oh, of the woman. Absolutely, and it's being presented in a very matter-of-fact way. It's probably a better way to make the point I was making, rather than yeah, she's yeah. not traumatized. But it's almost like when it's said, no one reacts in the room. No, <laughs> you know、exactly. the room's full of makeup artists, and it's almost like, yeah, yeah. Well, do you want to be successful? So anyway,、uh, Diane then、uh, 
uh, cuts back to Diane and uh, she's like, wait a minute, you were in the makeup chair for the weekend? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't even getting That's in the, the chair point. for the show, yeah. I can't remember what this is in reference to, but my note says, weird, sick dad fantasy, past neglect, fix own childhood, so self-aware but in complete denial. Is that an Usher lyric? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we get another kind of deep cut reference to Henry Kissinger, who was this kind of peacemaker who advocated for, um, was basically an anti-war advocate who worked in politics. And yeah, some more kind of Bojack being guilted by Sarah Lynn into yeah, letting yeah. her party. There's and... an amazing moment at the party as well where Todd steps in um, and he's like, you know, Bojack, this isn't a TV show, you know, this is real life. And just as he says that, a guy on fire runs through the room screening, screaming and breaks through the wall, leaving one of those perfect cartoon silhouettes in the in the <laughs> wall, which is just such a great example of how the show turns this sort of genre on its head while still adhering to the rules of it while making us laugh at it. Yeah, and it also reminds us that this is a... It reminds the audience that this is a TV show. Like, <laughs> yeah. it gets really dark, and it's like, no, no, this is a TV show. Yeah. The things that we are doing here are a commentary. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it's reminding us that this is not to be emulated in any way. And Sarah Lynn is, is extremely destructive. She's, like, breaking down walls, destroying art. Don't, uh, they knock at a, and... don't they knock at a wall so her friends can have a cocaine booth? Exactly. And he's right, like, yeah. he's like, that's fine, but at least take the artwork down. And she's like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and he says, yeah, someone, someone suggests that maybe he's not being the best role model. And he said, yeah, well, I played a dad on TV for nine years, so I think I know how to raise a child or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is almost the equivalent of Doctor Phil thinking he can give medical advice. <laughs> you mean Dr. Oz? <laughs> oh, either, man. Take your pick. Both of them. Yeah, take your pick. Um, and then uh, there's a they, Bojack puts his foot down and says, Sarah Lynn, we're going out to have a good time together. And he, there's a photo montage. Oh, I love this a, photo montage so much. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a song, something about being a daddy's girl that plays over it. Yeah. And Sarah Lynn's on her phone the whole time. Yeah, and they're like a whole lot of Polaroid photos of the, the day out. And it shows like... Bojack dropping an ice cream then the next Polaroid is Bojack stealing a kid's ice cream while the kid cries <laughs> in the background and then Bojack on a merry-go-round having an awesome time <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre and yeah Sarah Lynn's there but on her phone the whole time this is the first time we learn about Herb Kazaz ah uh, uh, that's right and it's just sort of who... said towards like in a passing moment oh yeah yeah uh, I don't know I saw the, the sun setting between those two hills and it made me think of butts and that made me think of butt cats or and that made me think of Herb Kazaz's butt cancer. That's right. Sarah Lynn says. And we get a sense that Bojack's done something not great to, to Herb Kazaz. Yeah, due to the way he reacts to the name yeah. being brought up, you can tell that it's invoking some sort of immediate guilt response from Bojack. Yeah. Uh, and then the credits roll. Uh, but oh. just for Bojack, he he runs his hand down his in front of his face. That's right. Executive producer, Ubu sit, good dog. Which immediately made me think of how uh, TV uh, production company things at the ends of credits invoke immediate memories of certain phases of my life. <laughs> vanity cards, I think they're called. Oh, they called yeah, vanity totally. cards. You know, like um, uh, community immediately. Like whenever I hear, you know, you get. Did you get any of that? Well, you know that 
<laughs> it's a good show. Oh, yes, which is Starburns Industries. And then uh, and, uh, uh, what about the most iconic one, I think, for me, has to be the shh, the Simpsons. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, And I yeah. can't even remember the name of the company that, that is the shushy. And it, it reminds me of that. Uh, so with Park, Parks and Recreation at the end and you've got, oh, no, no, is it Parks and Recreation or Brooklyn Nine-Nine? One to, of them. Are you about to say Fremulon? <laughs> Fremulon. And it's like, does Nick, is that Nick Offerman? Is that Nick Offerman? And then you go to the website, you, you type Google, does Nick Offerman say Fremulon? And it takes you to does Nick Offerman say Fremulon.com? And just the word yes. <laughs> then, yeah, uh, Sarah Lynn's like, a boy tells me that I was the first girl they masturbated to every day, which is like crazy. Just weird, a weird, weird thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, uh, and I'll never understand the need for men to like demonstrate their sex to women, whether it's being like, yeah, I masturbate to you or like dick pics or like any of that kind of stuff unsolicited. Men, we are all incredibly fucked up, disgusting creatures, but you can keep most of that in your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to keep reminding the other sexes how fucking gross we are. It's I obvious really, enough to them. <laughs> I really want somebody, like, if we can get this on our social media, somebody who regularly sells unsolicited sells, sends unsolicited dick pics to women. Like, like, what are you expecting to happen? I mean, is is it? Do you get off on the thrill of them seeing it, or do you genuinely think that they're going to see it and they're going to be like, oh. Oh, is that what one of those is like? Well, I want that inside of me. Like, uh, wow, that I, I, <laughs> that that uh, that made me shiver. What you? Just... <laughs> 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 yeah, no, you're right though. It's it's that whole. What do you think is the best outcome from this decision? What is the yeah. best thing that could happen? And it's <laughs> you know the because best... they must know they are not going to get fucked, right? They must know they're not going to get like. Uh, the woman's not going to immediately want to fuck them from a picture, of, an unsolicited picture of their scabby ass dick. I mean, the, like, the penis has to be one of the most unappealing visually things that that nature has constructed. Like, if if you were in if you're in the right place, it's the right person. Sure, you're like feeling like you're a bit like. Ooh, horny, you know, I'm, I want to get me some dick or whatever. Then you, to- I'm sure then that, like, you tolerate it at best. <laughs> well, I'm sure then you'd be like, oh, look at that thing, right? Like, it, there's it's it's there's an attraction. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're like, oh, it's so good to look at just on an average day. Yeah, next, I just want to look at that. Next week, I'll rub my dick on an envelope so you can smell it when you open it. <laughs> What are you fucking doing? <laughs> Is that what they did before we had Tinder? <laughs> before we could send dick pics on the internet, people got the old envelope and they sealed it with a bit of wax and their family crest. And when you opened it, you just got wafted by the smell of unsolicited dick gum. <laughs> can we just pause for a moment and not not actually pause but just see how the journey of this podcast has gone from like the most depressing first fucking half to like now we're talking about (laughs) sending the smell of dick cheese via snail mail (laughs) the thing is about comedy is you always want to start with the really dark and serious stuff first (laughs) i can't help but feel that we're only at this point because of usher being bored into the fucking conversation you are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what are we 
So what are we talking uh, about? <laughs> I don't know. But what I do know is that what happens next in the uh, episode is disgusting. Yeah, which is I that wrote Sarah Lynn. Sorry, I Bojack. wrote. Please don't happen. What I suddenly remember happens in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote ooh with nine W's. Uh, so. <laughs> I wrote, oh my god, please don't hook up, full stop, they hooked up, full stop, that's like dot 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 gross AF. <laughs> she says like, oh, I've been a bad little girl. Oh, it gets don't real you weird. Me? And there's like this infantilization, and then there's a, she's he's like, you're setting my ottoman on fire. And she's like, do you want me to put it out with my boob? And he's like, that seems impractical. <laughs> And keeping in mind, Todd is still there, standing between the two of them. Uh, and it kind of reminded me of the, the piss take of that, which, I mean, it is a piss take of it, but it reminds me of another piss take of that, which is Annie in Community doing the, teach me how to understand Christmas. And she gets dumber and dumber and dumber and more sexy and sexier and sexier. Yeah, and the commentary yeah, yeah. is sort is, of like, uh, is there a point where it's too dumb to be sexy? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've reached a point of diminishing returns. Watch Community as well, everyone. Yeah, you should, 100%. So, and then Todd gets kind of sucked into it, and he's like, oh, no, physic- uh, physically sucked into it, not metaphorically. He physically gets sucked into the vortex of <laughs> him doing weird sex shit. <laughs> and then it cuts, and, it, and he, it's him, like, straightening himself up, and he's like, oh, that was the longest two minutes of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a... Uh, then there's a line where Diane accuses Bojack of taking advantage of Sarah Lynn when she has addiction, uh, abuse problems, and daddy issues, to which Bojack replies, hey, we both have abuse problems, uh, substance abuse problems, and daddy issues. Which, yeah. you know, I, I, one certainly doesn't make it okay for the other, but um, he's got, he, he, he makes a fair point in his awful defense. Well, the, th- the thing is that it, it, if you've got, Two people on that level, right? One's got abuse issues. Yeah, it's quite hard issues. to say at this time of night. The other's got issues and daddy issues. That doesn't change the fact that he still has power over her. He is still in that position. Yeah. And uh, Todd's like, I'm going to take an angry nap. And then he curls up on the floor and starts going, <laughs> like a dog, like in a dream, <laughs> which is a beautiful moment. And then he's like, so Bojack's like, so you're saying it's my fault? And he's like well no it's not necessarily your fault you know the the way that society works and he's like oh wait you mean it's society actions so i never have to take responsibility for my actions yeah, yeah, and yeah. die the second Bojack hears uh, of another f- idea that he can blame his behavior on, he absolutely jumps on it, even when that's not the point that was being made. And Sarah Lynn kind of gives a, a speech about that. She's like, I'm at this point where I never have to take responsibility for my actions, so basically I'm on a path where I'm just going to die tragically young. And, you know, that's may suck, but that's them's the breaks, basically. Yeah, and then she yeah. goes, how do you feel about my new catchphrase suck a dick dumb shits <laughs> which i love blows a raspberry on a whale but that kind of everything is society's fault yeah uh, we, we, we of... can never do anything wrong because we're all just products of our own environment so nothing yeah. means anything and everything is meaningless is basically bojack's point exactly and it reminded me of when i was a kid and i was like 16 15 16 and we were just wandering around the um the streets and we saw some road cones so we were like oh, let's pick up the road cones definitely so we picked up <laughs> yeah so we picked up the road cones and we were like carrying them along and then suddenly there was a pl- plain clothes police officer and he saw us and pulled us over and he was like your kids you know, he was south african he was like yo you kids you can't be playing with police cones 
Hey, y'all. And we were like, oh, really sorry, officer. <laughs> we're really sorry. We didn't, you know, and I, and I was always like the talker. I was the one who got us out of trouble. And in my head, I was like, okay, I need to get this cop to say the words, boys will be boys. Oh my if God. I can get this cop to say those words, we will be free. And like, I just knew it in my head. <laughs> I was just running on adrenaline and instinct. And I was like, oh, you know, officer, we just finished exams and we were just kind of fooling around and we didn't want to hurt anyone. And he's like, um, you know, actually yesterday, this is my South African accent. Yesterday, so he a get, little girl... Did he, did he get less South African as the <laughs> night went on? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, um, yesterday there was a little girl who uh, she was playing and she didn't know that there was a construction site because somebody had moved the cones and she fell and she died. Oh, that did not happen <laughs> at all. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. And he goes, yeah, and uh, actually it's really serious. You, you know, you can be fined a lot of money. And he pulls out this book. It's like a, a 1B5, you know, the, the little tiny and on notebook. The, on the front it says number of people that have died due to cone <laughs> removal this week. And it's full. <laughs> he, he opens it and he like flips to a random page and goes, you know, the fine for this is... Seven thousand dollars. Oh <laughs> I was like, oh, I had no idea. It was so much. I'm so sorry. Please, we didn't mean it. Oh, and he goes, well, boys will be boys. Oh. And I, I just went, yes. In my head, I was like, fuck yes, I have gotten away with it. Thank you, society, for not making me take responsibility for my actions as a male. Boys, boys will be boys is the most horrendous excuse for bad behavior ever but also that cop pick a pick a good cop bad cop you can't do both bro you can't be like you killed a girl boys will be boys you know and you know where are you from officer your accent keeps changing yeah that was the worst part that was the most egregious part moral of the story is uh everything is society's fault um, something about marbles and hungry, hungry hippos. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then we zoom out and we see some paparazzi birds in a tree and they've got all these pictures of Sarah Lynn and Bojack doing it. Doing dun, it. Dun, 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 to yeah. be continued. Absolutely. Do you think that we should finish in, uh, tonight's episode with uh, with... And I think I'm ripping this off something. But what did we learn today? So what did you learn today, Ashton Brown? Uh, today, Ben, I learned that no matter how well you know and trust someone, they can still surprise you by admitting to regularly thinking about Usher lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> and you realize you have to reevaluate so much of how you think of them as a person and a friend what did you learn today ben i learned that uh someone is very judgmental about music tastes <laughs> would we call it taste <laughs> <laughs> i'm not an usher fan it's just a right, lyric man, i right. think about hey, hey you're getting very defensive <laughs> uh... Uh, you know, I've I've never needed to say I'm not an Usher fan because I'm not one. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> let us know your thoughts on Usher, or let us know your thoughts on um, random lines of pop music on our Twitter page. There we are at B Horse Friends. Letter B Horse Friends, one word. Uh, we're on Reddit, Reddit.com/slash/r/slash/BoJackHorseFriends, and you can find us on Facebook if you really want to. 
Um, maybe I'll set up an Instagram one day. Maybe. But not yet. You can also, um, and also, if you do have any um, unsolicited dicks, and also if you... <laughs> Also, if do you do not also, tell anyone on the internet, also, if you do have any unsolicited dick pick smelling envelopes, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll probably have. Can we have our um, personal email addresses pop up at the bottom of the screen? No, if you do want to rub your dick and send it on an envelope, make it out to Donald Trump, <laughs> the White House. <laughs> If, if you do find yourself wanting to send an unsolicited dick pic, either a photo of or simply the smell, then we recommend tuning in next week to our podcast. <laughs> we'll give you the address of a very horny lady in your area. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we're we actually working on a dick pic. We need to end this episode really badly. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. Okay. All right. That's it. We've done the sign off. I'm Ben. Uh, I am and continue to be and will always be Peter Frampton. (laughs) (laughs) I can say your name. Good evening. I have been Ashton Brown. Thank you. Uh, Bye. Bye. Just because you're on a pole don't make you a hoe. Remember that.